and welcome to another Manchester United podcast. Helen Evans is here. David May is here. We are all at home. We're all still in lockdown. And uh, as we are recording, it is just a couple of days. So you'll, you'll be hearing this a few weeks from when we've actually recorded it because of how the schedule works. But we're recording this just two days after or three days after our Paul Pogba episode was released. Uh, and the reaction has been incredible for people who have been, I think, surprised by what he was like and the kind of person they expected him to be. Um, I think maybe we were talking about that a minute ago, weren't we? Yeah, um, I think I think the press gave him so much different negativity that when you actually listen to him speak and you actually hear the words come out of his mouth, you, I think you get a totally different player. He came across ever so well, and he is, I still think he's a top, top player. I'd love you, I'd love him to stay United. I've had so many tweets off uh, of people on uh, off Twitter and just saying, oh my God, I didn't realise he was that down to earth and that, that likeable because of what you get off the British press. They absolutely slaughter him. Yeah. I think that's the case with so many players though, isn't it? You probably realise that from your time playing, Maisie, that you do have a perception of certain people. Yeah. But majority of players are just normal people, aren't they? Of course, yeah. Yeah, they are. They're solid the earth, most of them. No, I think I think um, Paul came across ever so well. He did. There is an incredible irony in there, though, in that during the conversation when we talked about how his name always comes up in the press, about how he never gets ignored, and I made a joke and said, if you were, if I was you, I would have sent Graham Souness a picture of myself for the World Cup. And he said, obviously, he hadn't, he didn't know who Graham Souness was, but he was a great player, and and then just said he doesn't listen to pundits, he doesn't watch that part of a game of football if it's on the telly, he'll watch the game and then he switch it off. And in talking about how he ignores the media, but for some reason they just focus on him all the time, it created this huge news story where Graham Sunas was on Sky Sports the next morning at nine o'clock, like reacting to Pogba talking about him. But he, he wasn't, and he wasn't being rude, and he wasn't being disrespectful. He was, I think, Sunas retired three years after Paul started playing, and obviously Paul would have grown up in France, so there's no reason he would have been aware of Graham Sunas, the footballer. It was really bizarre. I think Jamie Carragher tweeted, didn't he, and said that yeah. it was all a bit of a joke and people have taken it a bit out of context. Yeah, big time. I'm sure the next time they meet, it'll all be good. I think you should be there too, Sam, for stirring the pot. <laughs> no, I'll be fine. A few people have said that he actually wants to beat you up. Yeah, and I think he could comfortably. That's the word on the street. Is it? That Graham Souness wants to beat Sam up. <laughs> That'd be a good scrap, Sam. I reckon I could run away faster. <laughs> okay, uh, so in our last episode, we had uh, Marcus Rashford and we had Paul Scholes and we gave them the challenge of doing a five-a-side team. So this time we're going to do something a little bit different. We've got Scott McTominay and we've got Jesse Lingard, obviously both academy players. So we're going to get them to build an academy 11. Mm -hmm. um, Helen? Yes? Are you taking a, an interest in who they play at centre-back? Obviously. Nice. <laughs> There's a number of people <laughs> that could be at centre-back, but... yeah. There's only one for you. Listen, you have to look after your own, don't you? Only mm -hmm. one for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, you, you play a back one? My two centre-backs of all time at Manchester United are Johnny Evans and David May. There you go. I like that. The check's in the post, mate. Check's look in the after post. Your own. Look after your own. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I am interested to see, I mean, the list of players they can choose from that have come through the academy is incredible. Yeah, it is. Absolutely incredible. There's going to be that challenge, Maisie, where there's a generational gap because there's obviously Sir Alex played so many, but also 
So Matt made a point of mm -hmm. bringing players into the academy and then putting them in the first team. And I suspect there will be great players um, that don't make it purely because the people picking the team are too young to have seen them. Yeah, of course. You know, I, I can't remember many players from Samat's days in, in, in the instance of like, you know, Duncan Edwards, I'd never seen him play. But you only hear unbelievable stories about him. So I'd be interested in whether the lads put him in. Mm -hmm. Defensive-wise, I think that's quite quite easy to do. Midfield and forwards. Nightmare. They're going to struggle. Yeah. They are so. going to struggle. Let's hope that they have been watching some of the archive games on MUTV. Yeah. And then they will have seen little um, snippets of players from Sir Matt's era. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the last one, we went through a lot of emails that you guys have sent us, and we're going to do the same again now. If you want to send us some, you can. It's unitedpodcast at manunited.co.uk, utdpodcast at manunited.co.uk. We'll read some out at the end of all of this. Let's get Jesse and Scott on the phone then. Hello and welcome again to another Working From Home podcast. Last week we had Marcus Rashford and Paul Scholes arguing over a draft five-a-side team and who scored the better goal. This week we hope for some friendly debate between two more homegrown lads. Jesse Lingard returns to the pod. Welcome, Jesse. Hello, thank you very much. Good to have you back. Although I missed your first one, good about that. And Scott McTominay makes his debut. Hi, Scott, how are you? How are you? All good. Very well. Good. How are you both uh, coping? At the minute? Not too bad, to be honest. Um, just trying to keep ticking over. Bit of gym here and there. Trying to get as much exercise as in as possible. Um, and just keep the mind working, really. And just mm -hmm. be prepared for when we go, go back to football. Do you miss being at training? Like being with everybody and having a laugh and the sort of camaraderie that comes with being in a team sport? Yeah, obviously it's it's strange being at home all the time, like not being able to go out and see the boys at football and, and train and stuff like that. But you just have to find a way. You have to keep mentally focused on whenever it is that we're going to be back and obviously keep ticking over. You don't want to do too much in a time where it's a good opportunity for rest as well, but you've got to make sure that your, your body's ready and prepared for when we go back as well so I feel like all the boys are very switched on in that in that respect anyway nobody did not train or or just take the foot off the gas everybody's everybody's well on top of that mm. and are the coaches on top of you yeah <laughs> what you're doing yeah I've just had a FaceTime off here and then I think because I've just had a, a football goal delivered in my back garden so he's wanting to probably see that and let, talking you through what what we can be doing and stuff like that while we're while we're not training so now nah, obviously all these yeah, big football next. Ah. I would show you, but it's it's down the bottom end of the garden. So, no, I'll be getting plenty of practice in there. Shooting Do you know what's so right. bad? The other day, I was just going to say, we just realised we don't actually have a football at our house. <laughs> oh, so Leicester are falling behind, guys. That's an advantage. The only football we have is a little Man United tiny one that I got free <laughs> on that podcast we did a few weeks ago. <laughs> uh, so Johnny's touch might be going a bit. <laughs> Good, that works. Scott, Scott, what's your Scott, what's your daily routine then? You wake up, what what time do you get up? Yeah, I've been getting into a better routine now. Obviously, sometimes you sleep and stuff like that's disrupted whenever you, you've not got to be up for anything. But I've been waking up normally probably around half past nine to ten o'clock, something like that, getting my breakfast. And then because it's been hot as well, so I've been letting the sun go down before I've been doing any proper work and then Normally two good sessions a day, Monday to Friday, or obviously rest Wednesday with with a session on Saturday. Just trying to eat, eat all the right foods, keep keep training. We've been doing a little five yeah. k challenge with the boys. Paul's been setting a standard for the kick ups as well, so we've been practicing a few skills in the garden, which has been nice. Nah, it's, it's enjoyable and it's 
it's something that keeps you keeps you active while you're not training. It's it can get a little bit boring at times when you're training training by yourself. I've had a couple yeah. of mates who live with me, so I've been fortunate that I can go for runs with them and, and different things like that. So no, it's been it's been fine to be fair. Who does the cooking in the house? Me, I'm the chef, and it's a nightmare. Always get cook Scott. <laughs> Come on then. Come on that. What's what's the speciality? The speciality. So in the morning. I like to have a lot of carbs in the morning. So we'll go for, I love my jam on toast. So I have a little jam on toast and I'll have a three egg omelette with chorizo, spinach, buttered spinach, that is by the way. Oh. Um, so a little omelette and a cup of tea and then maybe finish it with a smoothie. So a big breakfast and then just probably finish that around half 10. And then we'll probably get to lunchtime. I'll have maybe like a pesto pasta or something like that. And then that sets me up for a run then. So, so I'm, you, I'm well, you cook, well you're, you're cooking all of it. I'm cooking all this. I'm cooking all this. Can you drop some around Jesse's house? So what about dinner then? Because obviously a, a three-egg omelette's not the, you know, you're not cordon bleu no. there, are you? No, no, no. So for, for dinner, I'd probably have a bit of fish, probably maybe season a little bit of like smoked haddock or, or something like that with some asparagus, green beans, broccoli, and then, don't know, maybe for, so, don't know, I never really tend to have much carbs at night, but we'll probably go for, don't know, maybe a bit of rice or something like that. Nice. Jess? Jesse, how does yours compare? Yeah, that's a bit mad, that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on top of it every day. I'm, I'm on, like, the lower-level cooking standards, so I'm on, like, the scrambled egg, you know, beans on toast. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, not, a little bit of spinach yeah. here and there. And then Just out of the bag? Yeah, when it comes to <laughs> a little bit of pasta, chicken, seasoned chicken, and then at night, um, a little bit of fish uh, with veg. So, for me, it's just... I never used to enjoy cooking. Like when we're training, I used to hate it getting back from football and, and cooking and stuff like that. But whenever you've got like time to like prepare stuff and it, you've got more time on your hands, it's actually quite enjoyable sometimes. But quite therapeutic. When we get back to footy, I'm not sure about that. Very impressed, Scott. Very impressed. What were you eating, Maisie, when you were when you were a player? Evening meals would be, be based around steaks and stuff like that. I mean, our pre-match meal before on the Friday before the game when I first started. Lad's age would be steak and chips, pie and chips, chicken and chips. And that was just one evening? Yeah. <laughs> and then breakfast would just be like a, f- a full English. And then obviously then the dietitians came in and spoiled all that. Yeah, that's out the window after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, should we get on with it? We've got a challenge for you guys. Okay, so as you are both uh, Manchester United first team players, but also academy graduates, we thought it'd be fun to allow you to pick the ultimate Manchester United starting eleven from nothing but academy graduates. And all they have to do is play at least one game in the first team and then you can select them for your team. You can't pick yourselves. You can pick your team together. Uh, you can pick any formation you want. Um, and you, you can, we can start this however you want. If there's specific players that you already know, yes, they've got to go in, we can put those in the team and then work from that. Or we can start from like the goalkeeper and build up. So whatever feels natural to the pair of you, we'll follow your lead and we'll go with that. And if you've got too many, you can have a bit of a bench. Yeah, no problem. Are we, got, are we, picking, the se- are we picking the same team or separate? You're, you're picking, picking together, yeah. You're picking together. So you're, um, you're co-managers? Is that what two managers are called? Joint managers? We'd be, we'd be good, Jesse, me and you. It's, it's... Yeah, I was just going to ask. Do you think you'd be good managers well, together? Manager, I'll be the I won't be the serious one. I'll be the one who's like, they come to me for like serious chats. Jesse's the one who's sniping behind my back saying, ah, just... He's just waffling all the time. He's, he's waffling all the time, ignoring, keeping the players on side. You're the assistant then, Jesse. This is dressing room secrets. 
All right, so we'll start with goalkeeper. Goalkeeper is one of the trickier positions because there aren't a load of big names that stand out. Uh, David Gaskell is the he one who's played the most. David Gaskell. He's got the most yeah. appearances, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's our number one. He's got the most appearances of any academy graduate, hasn't he? So. I'm going to check Experience. all these decisions with the club chairman. Maisie, are you happy with that? Um, Bosnich, maybe? Well, the thing with Bozo, Bozo was... He, he's just daft, isn't he? I mean... A story with Bosnich. Remember, his kicking was absolutely atrocious with his left foot, right foot. He actually used to ask us, "How do you kick a ball well?" And he was a professional goalkeeper. <laughs> he was. I mean, and then obviously the goalkeepers. I played with Big Pete. He was phenomenal. And then he came in after Big Pete, and you have shooting practice. You'd have twenty, thirty shots against Big Pete. Bozo, you'd have four or five, and then he'd have to have a rest. <laughs> so you'd have <laughs> any chance, Bozo? Absolute nightmare. So yeah, I, I'd go along that. Walsh, Walsh was a good servant for United. Gary Walsh. Yeah, Walsh was decent, very good. But uh, David David Gaskell is, is it? Also, guys, if you get stuck, you can put people on your bench. Like if you want, say, I don't know how many, I don't know what formation you want to play, but say if you want four at the back and you find five defenders you like, you can stick one on the bench. What formation? Um, four, two, three, one. I think I think we get two wingers in there, number ten, and a striker, don't we? And we get two midfield players as well. But midfield's going to be tricky. I think the offence is also quite tough. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to believe in any of these, though. So you're going right back. You've got Gary Neville, John O'Shea, Wes Brown. Phil Neville could do a job. No, nah, we've got to put Gary Neville in there. Club legend, isn't he? Good shout. He's got to be, 100%. Gene of right back. Yeah. Do we go off to left back or your centre backs? Uh, we'll do the centre backs. Okay. So we'll go. Wow, PK's on there. Yeah, Gerard PK's in there. Just be careful. There is an Evans in the uh, group here. Just you know. <laughs> Can I also just say this must be just Premier League appearances because that's only 135. Also, Michael Keane. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Jared Pico. Obviously, he didn't have the longest career at United, but he's still an academy graduate. He played for the first team, so you can pick him. Um, yeah. I think we've got to go Wes. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. He can be right side centre. I agree. Okay, that's not what uh, Helen was hoping to hear. Don't worry, I'm not taking offence. Yeah, but Johnny's good with his left foot. Not the left side centre. Johnny's good with his left foot. (laughs) I'm actually swaying towards Johnny anyway. Yeah, I am looking at the list here. I'm thinking PK is a good shout, but I'm going to go Johnny. Yeah, I'll go Johnny as well. He's made it. Let him know, Helen. I'll give him a shout there. Told him he's made the team. You're leaving the great Bill Folks out. Yeah, it's a good point, Maisie. It's tough, that, isn't it? Because there's there's players there from eras that people won't have seen. Yeah, yeah. that is true. That is, that is very true. Left back. Left back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can do current still, yeah? Yeah, yeah, if they've come yeah. from the academy, yeah. We can still do current, yeah. You bring a bit of youth in. Would you have, Brand- would you have Phil Neville in front of Brandon? See, I, I, I was going to say Brandon before. <sighs> Brandon's a player. Brandon is a player. John O'Shea could also do a great job at left-back. John O'Shea could do a top job at left-back. Scored some proper goals, John O'Shea. He could be your reserve goalkeeper too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Brandon. Yeah, we'll have someone current. I think we'll go Brandon as well. Great. Brandon Good Williams show. makes the team. Good do you show. want to put any of your defenders on your bench? Yeah, we've got we've got to have Phil Neville in there somewhere. Yeah, you know. okay, stick him on the bench. But yeah, we've got to have him. He's got to be somewhere. Cleggy. <laughs> <laughs> Cleggy's on the list yes now you can't leave him out because he'll beast you when you're back yeah he's, he, he will not be happy about that we'll have Cleggy <laughs> on the bench as well Cleggy <laughs> 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 
it's going to be a big bench. Maisie, what do you think of that back four? Happy with that? Yeah, decent. Yeah, absolutely. Solid back four. Do you know what? Arthur was Arthur Alviston. Yeah. What a phenomenal left back he was, Arthur. Mm. How's it Stan Sam? What's what's about four they've got there? Uh, So we've got Gary Neville, Wes Brown, Johnny Evans and Brandon Williams across the back four. That ain't bad. It's not bad at all. I like that. Uh, So you're a 4-2-3-1. So I guess you're two central midfielders and you've got a lot to choose from in midfield. Yeah. There is talent everywhere here. Yeah. If if it's for me, I'm obviously going Scolzi. (laughs) Scolzi's a given. He has to be in it. If he's not in it, then... Then you might as well not pick the team. But um Well, that's the midfield and half, you know, by the way. Yeah, I'll read some names out while you're thinking. So there's Ryan Giggs, Bobby Charlton, Paul Scholes, Sammy McElroy, Nobby Styles, David Beckham, Nicky Butt, Darren Fletcher, Duncan Edwards, Paul Pogba, Darren Gibson, Pereira, mm-hmm. obviously. I hold him. Two holding. So I don't think Giggs gets yeah. Giggs is uh, not. Scholes is hundred percent. Yeah. Scholes is a holding midfielder. You've got to change your formation now. Well, not not like sitting, but two midfield players who <laughs> Scholes can go box to box as well. He's not just like sat there. All right. Do four three three, Scott. Do you want to do four three three? Yeah. <laughs> one 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 sitting and two high eights. Two high eights. So who's our sitter then? Scholes is not a sitter because he's yeah. You need a sitter. See, I don't know. You know, Giggs is on one of the wings, and so we'll 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 forget we'll forget him for now. Yeah. So Bobby, does yeah, Bobby get in there? Yeah, he's he's a given. He has to, Jeff. He has 759 to. appearances, made his debut at 18. Solid yes. career. Bit of an understatement. <laughs> he's in there. You've got Scalzi and Bobby Charlton currently in your midfield. Mm. Right, so keep one more. <laughs> Duncan Edwards as well. Maybe anybody on that list that you would say is a given for a midfield? Well, I mean, the, lad, the lads are currently playing with, with Paul. Does he get in yeah. it? Paul 100% gets in it but it's Buddy as well yeah Darren Fletcher if you need someone holding Bex yeah. in there Bex yeah David, he started central midfield in the Champions League final didn't he against Bayern Munich so he could play yeah. centre mid if you needed him what was like a right centre mid gigs he left centre right mid right centre mid gig yeah possibly alright I like that you know I like the sound of that Maisie yeah yeah I like the sound of that Scolzi so Scolzi have to sit then and then what about Sir Bobby and then what about Pogs <laughs> <laughs> I think Giggs has got to go on the wing I think yeah he does he does 100% so you're he, changing the formation again then 4-4-2 no, no, no. Let's, go, let's go five <laughs> the best bet is to go three at the back and stick another I think we top midfielder Scalzi sitting Scalzi mm-hmm. sitting so Bobby to the left and Beck to the right so no PP well no gigs is there a place for him on the bench so it's a midfield three of Sir Bobby Charlton Paul Scholes and David Beckham well he's there though Pogs in it. He's, he's got to be. It's just a World Cup winner, but put him on I the know, bench. No, this is a problem. <laughs> There's only two World Cup winners. Uh, three. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Jesse, it's your call in the midfielders, mate. You play centre mid, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I don't want to say. Who was your favourite player uh, growing up in that position, Scott? Oh, Scolzi, 100%. Yeah, Scolzi's nailed on. He's there. Yeah, yeah he's, he's nailed on. Yeah. What about Bex on the right wing yeah because he's in the midfielder category here and we're, we're doing four. we need to do forward so I think Bex can go on the right Giggs on the left Paul, Sabobby and Scholes in midfield one up front yeah one up Oof. but then we've got to incorporate Marks into this as well and you've got to incorporate George Best into it you've got too many players lads <laughs> now I think we go with that Jesse I think we go Paul Pogba Scholes it sit a little bit deeper but not too deep and then Sabobby and Paul going box to box yeah 
we'll stick with so that. So you want a midfield three, a Sabovic shot and Paul Scholes and Paul Pogba? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What a midfield three, by the yeah. way. <laughs> You're leaving Giggsy out? No, no, Giggsy's well Left. involved. He's he's still well in the mix. But... <laughs> <laughs> I right, so you're going to put Giggsy further up? Yeah. But then we're, then we're leaving out. David Beckham, either right, George Best. Yeah, but then you've got George Best, Mark. Marcus has got to be in there somewhere. Butty and Fletch have got to be on the bench as well. They've, uh, they've got to be involved. Nobby Styles as well. Nobby. Yeah. Other forwards, Norman Whiteside, Mark Hughes, Brian Kidd. There's a few in there. Also, some that maybe didn't have such long careers, but like Makeda, who had an incredible impact. Danny Welbeck. Mm-hmm. Ravel, who you both obviously know well. Who's our striker, Jess? George Best? Or oh, he's on the right? I think George Best has got to be on the right. On the right, I think, yeah. But then where does, where does Beckham come into this? When you guys were in the academy, sorry, can I just interrupt you there? Did you ever watch videos of players that have come through the academy, such as George Best? Did you ever do that when you were, um, you know, coming through the academy with Paul McGuinness and stuff like that? Or was that kind of things that you did at home yourself? No, United did it, like, obviously with under-18s and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, shown clips of, of all the old players that have, that have come through the ranks. And, you know, it's it's motivation for everybody, I feel so. Paul was big for that one, not Yeah, we used to do it kind of regular. We used to talk about it. You know, regular. Mm-hmm. The history of going to the stadium and looking yeah. around at all these top players who we we were like in complete different generations, but he still brought that back to to young players at the football club, and the boys loved it. Like going to places like that and seeing these top players from different generations, he was he was top for that. For and Jim Ryan as well. He probably played with a lot of players as well. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, Jim was top. He was class. The list of players you're choosing from are just football legends everywhere. And you were you were quick to get Paul Pogba in there because obviously you play with him. Does he stand out as just an incredible talent just day to day at training? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, I've been with him since like you know under eighteen, and you see the the talent that he possessed at such a young age. And even then, he was he was big, he was strong. You know, he made a lot of mistakes, but you know when he's on the ball, like you could tell the the talent that he possessed. You know, week in week out, training games. Um, you know the things that he brought to the team. You know, the confidence, even off the pitch, um, you know, he gave everyone confidence and, you know, he's carried that on now. Um, and he's always wanted to come back United, in, in which he did. And, you know, it's, it's been amazing. And it, obviously, he's won the World Cup as well. So, you know, that's a, that's a cherry on top. Yeah, even with, like, the younger boys and that, it gets a lot of stick, Paul, but people don't realise what he's like behind the scenes with young players through the academy and stuff like that. And yeah. people are so quick to judge with what they see on the outside yet, but they don't really see what goes on on the inside. So... Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit of a tricky one that, especially with me, and he always wanted the best for me, always wanted the best for, for other midfield players coming through and trying to help him as well. It wasn't just one of these who didn't take any notice or anything like that, which is which is very good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Jesse, that FA Youth Cup side that you were part of that won, was that a very proud time for you? Yeah, it was massive because, you know, we had a lot of tough games at Chelsea, Liverpool away, even the Sheffield United um, game away. I think that was the, the most amount of people that, that has actually come to a game at, at Sheffield United, you know, for the first team. So, you know, for us, it was a massive experience. You know, we grew from that as a team. We thought, you know, most players from that age group made the made the first team debuts. And, you know, as a collective, we thought that most of us would, would come through the first team together. Um, you know, but unfortunately that, that didn't happen. And, you know, I'm still in, you know, communication with, with most of them nowadays anyway. Mm-hmm. And, most are still playing football and you know just, just that whole run you know brought brought the side closer and yeah. you know throughout the reserves we won a lot of trophies with the reserves and you know after that a lot of people went on on different paths but 
you know, we still say stay in communication. You know, we still speak to each other on a, on a day-to-day basis. And a lot of them on this list. But do they make your team? Yeah, because it's a heartwarming story, guys. But you're stalling. Get your team done. <laughs> So who are, we, who are we leaving out, Jesse, out of these world superstars then? Because it's... You say best on the right? Go go George Best on the right. Yeah, George Best on the right, yeah. He was, a, he was a number nine then. Number nine's big. Number nine's most important. Yeah. Marcus has played nine. So Bobby could play up there, you know. So Bobby could play Bobby, up through the middle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, Scott, man? Yeah, I know. So did you put so Bobby up front and then Beckham in midfield? Yeah, Scotty. But then, where's does Marcus not come into this? Then, it, then it'd be best Marcus... No, because presumably it's Giggs on the left. Ryan Giggs, yeah. Ryan, Ryan Giggs is yeah. one of the best players ever at this football club. I know. This is what you currently have. So Giggs on the left, Best on the right, a Pogba, Skulls, Cholton midfield three, which sounds amazing. Uh, you're currently talking about maybe pushing Bobby Cholton up to bring David Beckham into the midfield. It's that or you put Marcus Rashford, it sounds like, as your number nine. So it's Marcus Rashford or David Beckham at the moment. <laughs> Wait, I need... He will. He will not be happy with you, Jess. I'm not getting involved, but he won't be. <laughs> <laughs> Maisie, how good was David Beckham? Ah, uh, Bex was class. Not the quickest, but what he did do, he used defenders as a guide, and he would either if the defender you know was too far away, he'd just cross it across the front of him. Too tight, he'd just use it as a as a guide. It was brilliant. Sick one. He, he, I mean, he was. He was top player. He'd be my team. Who's going to be taking set pieces, Jess? Out the ones that we've picked, forgetting Beckham and Marcus. So who's in midfield? Scorsi, Pogs, and yeah. so Bobby Charlton. I think Bobby's got to go up top. Me. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Because he played, he played striker. I'll agree with that. So you leave Marcus out, yeah? Is that? So you could put Rush on the left, gigs in midfield. Yeah, you could. But then you have to take out Paul Scholes or Paul Pogba or David Beckham. Yeah. Who you've just brought in? <laughs> I love gigs before backs. Just because Giggsy had that electrifying pace that could terrorise any defender. Yeah. As I say, Bex didn't have the, the pace as uh, as Giggsy. I think Giggsy's our left winger, isn't he? Giggsy and George Best are our left wing and right wing. That is... Snell, on not Yeah, that's a good shot, lads. Yeah. Okay, so do you reckon you got it? Here's where you are. David Gaskell in goal. Gary Neville at right back. Wes Brown and Johnny Evans as centre-back. Brandon Williams left back. A midfield three of David Beckham, Paul Scholes and Paul Pogba... On your right, George Best. On your left, Ryan Giggs. And centre-forward, Sir Bobby Cholton. On your bench, Phil Neville, uh, Michael Clegg, Nicky Butt, Darren Fletcher, Marcus Rashford. Sky, that's a great team. I think Marcus will be disappointed, yeah, but we'll, we'll let him... It's OK, we'll not tell him. We'll not tell when him. When he wins the Premier League, you'll get him. That's yeah, that's the way they're doing it. Yeah. Give him something to work for. <laughs> What does it mean to both of you when you hear that and all the players that have played for this academy? What does it mean to the two of you to play for Manchester United have come through the academy, sorry? Huge. I think it's um it's the biggest club in the world, so it's you know, it's tough to, to start at the bottom and, and work your way up. You know, there's a lot of obstacles in the way, you know, a lot of highs and lows, but you know, when you finally get to the end and you know, you're playing for the first team week in, week out, um, you know, you cherish every moment that you've been through. You know, a, a lot a lot of good people have been you know, around me and I've had a lot of good coaches, you know, growing up, um, you know, all the way through the years. So they've helped me in, in certain aspects, um, you know, to get where I am today. So, you know, for me, I'm, I'm grateful. And, you know, you have to remain humble and, you know, at the end of the day, you, you know, you're doing what you love, you know, to do best, which is playing football with, with your friends. And, you know, you love to see, you know, your friends you grew up with, and, you know, come through as well. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you have different paths and, 
know, you've got to respect that. Jess, if you look back at your career or anything like that, as any young kid watching this tonight or whenever it goes out, what advice would you give them? I feel just believing in yourself and your own ability. I mean, for me, like I was, I was always small. You know, when I was under 18, I played most under 16 games, you know, because a lot of people were bigger than me, but, you know, it didn't phase me. Um, you know, always worked hard, uh, always stayed behind, um, always did the right things. So I think it's just about working hard, you know, and, and sticking to the plan. But, you know, sometimes you go off course, you know, I went on loan, um, you know, I had to battle there and I fight for my place when I came back to United, you know, I got injured on my debut, um, you know, so I was out for six months. So, you know, I've had a lot of setbacks, but, you know, if you keep fighting, working out and keep and keep believing, um, you know, your dreams will come true. So, you know, any kid watching, um, you know, I'd, I'd listen to them words, um, you know, closely. Brilliant. For us as young players, we're always brought up to have like an elite mentality up here as well. That's one of the most important things for your Paul McGuinness is you want to enjoy how mentally strong you can be during games when it might not be going so well. You have to keep that, all the right habits on and off the pitch as well, which which I've completely bought into since Paul McGuinness, Warren Joyce. That was probably one of the best things that I could have, have done is listen and learn to everything that they were saying and, and trying to put it to practice in the first team. And, you never know, like some boys come and everybody's got different journeys, you know. You see, look at me and Jess, it's 18 years old and you're still really small and then you get boys who are, it doesn't really matter. Eventually, it gets to a stage where you have to, to keep competing and, and doing your best all the time as well. This is a question I'm sure Maisie will tell me I'm stupid for asking, but I'm going to ask it because of something people might wonder. There are loads of names on this list of players who who got their games at United but really have had their careers elsewhere. The, the sort of... Um, Darren Gibson's, Kieran Richardson, to an extent, Tom Cleverley. Was there a point when you're coming through the academy and you see those players come through, make it and leave? Is there, in your head, do you think, well, they're still making it, they're Premier League footballers. If I can get that far, I've, I've got myself a career now. Or is it a case of, I don't want to be like them? No, 100% you have to believe in yourself that you want to be at this football club for as long as you can. You want to be one of the first names on the team sheet who's playing every week and that's always the ambition that will never leave you until the day that you do leave or you're looking back at your career thinking I did pretty much everything that that I wanted to in, in terms of respecting yourself and working hard every day pushing yourself and, and those around you that's probably one of the most important things that you don't want to look back and have regrets thinking should have done this I should have done that I should have ate this or etc you know what I mean yeah so for, for players like us it's it's important that you have no regrets and we always got told that from from a young age who was the most influential coaches during your time in the academy? I had a lot of people. I had the likes of, you know, not even coaches, like the likes of Tony Whelan. Tony Whelan, yeah. yeah. Dave Bushel. Dave Bushel. Not even coaches. Langley. Yeah. yeah. There's too many. Too many. Mike Glennie scouted me when I was younger. And, you know, you see the amount of coaches that, you know, you actually work under and the different advice they, they give you to, to move on, you know, is, is something special. So I couldn't pick, you know, a certain... You know, certain people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Certain it would be hard to get somebody out because if you say in a list like that and the amount of people that have done loads for you throughout 15, 16 years that you've been involved in the academy, it's like, well, <laughs> it's a bit, do you know what I mean? Even like when you're living in digs and you're living with, you know, different families, you know, they help you in, in certain ways and mm-hmm. you have to become independent, you know, at such a young age, you know, 12 or 13. So, you, know, you didn't lot- get the cooking memo though, Jesse? No, not that age. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's self-taught. That I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, different people, you know, have influenced my my life. You know. Do you still keep in touch with people that you both lived in, lived lived with, and dig? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, 
I think I feel like you have to. You know, it's it's important to to never forget where you know where you've been in your life, and you know you got to respect them them people as well. Yeah, you just get like family. It just becomes normal that you yeah. you speak to them because you'd live with them for three four years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Scott, you were still living with your family when you'd made quite a few appearances for the first team. Is that right? Yeah, I was living with Pat Moore. It wasn't even like digs then. It was more like just like family that I live with who I'm so close with, like my family are still, still go and see them and stuff like that. And no, and then eventually I managed to, to get my own house and then it was sad, you know, like leaving, having lived with him for, for three or four years, but still speak to him now and it's, mm-hmm. it's good. Sorry, Scott, do you never invite him around for dinner then? Yeah, I do all the time, but they, they always say, oh yeah, we'll come. You don't come. <laughs> I think they're a bit, sh- I don't think they want to interrupt or anything. I say, come around whenever you want, bring, bring everyone and we'll have a, a nice dinner in the garden or like that, but, the okay jesse i'm going to compare you to david may which i apologize for <laughs> the Maisie has talked before about how being at different clubs to united he saw the, the the different work ethic the different mindset the different mentality that came with being a Manchester United player and unlike scott obviously you mentioned it earlier you have been out on loan and seen how other clubs do stuff did that make you more grateful that you came through United and didn't have to sort of go from club to club as, as you progressed because things were so different? Yeah, I mean, you know, you get taught them when United away from, from a young age or even when it went on loan. You know, it's a lot of the, the right principles. You know, it was a lot different. You know, they're, they're playing for points. You know, a lot of players had families who they got a support. And for me, I was just a kid um, just playing. So, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't mess around and you had to be serious. But you know, because I've been at United so long and they taught me the right principles, you know, I fit in everywhere I went on loan. So it's just about respecting, you know, the team doing well. And, and when you get back to United, you know, you are really grateful and you're thankful, um, you know, that they helped you, um, you know, progress that far. Scott, were you ever tempted to go on loan? Did that ever come close? Yeah, there was a point with, when was it? It was probably uh, about a year and a half ago. There was a time where it might have been a possibility and then, somebody leaves or something like that and then your opportunity comes and you have to take it you know like you hear loads of stories about boys going on loan and different things like that and I always had it in my head that I don't want that I want to be I want to be showing myself here first and if it doesn't work here then then you go somewhere else so for me you hear the stories about you get a life of luxury at Man United and people take that for granted like the food in the canteen you keep being laid out for you every morning like people just expect that and you have to always remember where you sort of come from in that respect and always appreciating what people do for you and I feel like that's a culture that the coaches brought through for us you're Tony Whelan you're Dave Bushels this world you go somewhere else you have to pay for your own lunch you have to pay for your own kit and it's not it's not that simple you know so mm-hmm. but no it's 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 all part and parcel of being a Man United player as well mm-hmm. absolutely spot on absolutely spot on I remember when I left United and I went to Burnley for a year it absolutely poured down my first training session and where they used to train was a place called Gawthorpe and even in uh, early September the pitches were muddy and it was pouring down anyway we've gone in after and as you do well I did did for nine years at United just throw your kit into the middle of the floor the kit man will come and take it away and it's all washed and perfect for the next day Mm. I go back the next day training and my kit's still in the middle absolutely soaking wet Freezing, yeah. and I had to wear the same gear again. And so I went to see the gaffer. I said, "Gaffer, I said uh, my kit's absolutely soaking wet. Nobody's took it away." He went, "You're at f- Burnley now, not Man United." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then the things, they, you know, just tiny things. 
People Mad. in the reserves get a massive reality check whenever I speak to other lads oh. who have left and they're moaning about the kit not being laid out the right way and then they'll go somewhere else and they'll get the biggest reality check they'll ever have yeah. brought back down to earth with a bang and it's like, well, I'm not my United anymore and I don't get free food in the canteen, the best of the best. They've got to take their own in and it's like they just don't, they don't realise until it's gone. Once it's gone, then they realise that like, I wish I did more. Absolutely. Which you don't want. That's, that's what you don't want. Absolutely, mate. I hope it's never gone for you too. People will notice, listen to this, Scott, I think when we when we talk to people, we get people send us uh, a lot of emails and stuff. And there was a guy whose email I read out last week and his email said, I, I've realised since listening why I didn't make it. It's because I didn't have the mentality. And I think people will recognise that like, everything you say comes from that elite mentality. Have you always had that? Yeah, that's always the thing that, like, it's, it's the most important thing. You look at Ronaldo and guys like this, like, their mentality is, like, top of the top and, like, you don't get any better than that. And for me, looking up to somebody like that, the physique he's got, the way that he applies himself. I just seen a picture of him like two days ago, reading and revising different things that he's trying to learn in his life off the pitch. And it's like, people are just far too comfortable too quickly in the life that they've got. And you don't want to keep improving and stuff like that and things like that. But it's one of them ones you have to, you have to enjoy yourself as well. That's what I always say to kids now. Like you have to enjoy playing football. If you don't enjoy it, then don't do it. Yeah. But it comes as part of being a Man United player that you have to play with a smile on your face and, and enjoy it unless you're losing. So. Mm. <laughs> in, light, in light of Ronaldo doing some revising, any hobbies that the two of you will be picking up while you're on lockdown? Cooking. Cooking. <laughs> <laughs> get some left and some Scott. You need to get Scott on FaceTime, step-by-step guide. Mm. Yeah. We've been doing the 5Ks, Jess, haven't we? Yeah, we've been doing the 5Ks before. There's been a few questionable times kicking about, isn't there? Mm. Any names? Jesse will beat me in a 5k though he just needs if, if I'm running with him he'll just go because he's I'm an extra 20 kilos heavier yeah, we need a flat surface though I'm running yeah. around hail and, and places I'll like. be getting a, I'll turn up to a track and I'll be getting arrested I'll be, I'll be getting, <laughs> getting <laughs> not allowed stick to your treadmill everyone's been pushing pushing each other everyone's training everyone's working hard um, everyone's in in the WhatsApp group with a, with, a, with a fitness coach so you know everyone's putting the times in and we can see what everyone's doing and you know it's, we can push each other yeah. so you know, if anyone's anyone's slacking off I'm just preparing to get back to, to football really the coaches told us yesterday that Scott and Jesse you're leading the 5Ks well this is a thing right when Jesse beats my time of 17.36 but it's got to be legit it's got to have the times up at the top saying the work time and the rest time yeah, yeah, so I'm yeah. seeing people put the 5K yeah. times on and it's like oh I'm on a bike but I've just ridden 5k and it shows that I'm running it's not it's not fair <laughs> taking this seriously oh, yeah. who's the biggest cheat this kid here <laughs> <laughs> you know what you know what, you know what? I cheat in like different like little gear like ping pong things like that little, little <laughs> running on that you can't, you can't cheat running Scotty you can't cheat running that's true no you can't no. <laughs> nah Jesse, Jesse's fit Jesse's one of, probably one of the fittest him and Andreas yeah, very, very, very fit. They're built for it. Yeah. Who's telling Marcus he's on the bench? Jesse come. No, yeah, no. <laughs> what? I said, who's telling Marcus he's on the bench? I ring him. Man. I was rooting for him. Jesse wasn't even rooting for him. I said it. <laughs> I said left. Sam, do you want to finalise the team one more time before we go? Okay. The final team that did not include Marcus Rashford was David Gaskell in goal, Gary Neville, Wes Brown, Johnny Evans and Brandon Williams at the back. Uh, midfield three are David Beckham, Paul Pogba and Paul Scholes. George Best on the right, Ryan Giggs on the left and Sir Bobby Cholton leading the line. 
which, to be fair, is a phenomenal team. Good job, guys. Can't believe you've left him out, though. Poor for you. I put him on the left and put Giggs in midfield. That's me personally, but Jess, you have to bake him a cake and take it around his arms. Go to manage your ball. Give him a little call later. I liked uh, I liked Scott's rule that he can't get in the team till he wins the Premier League. Yeah, he's on the bench until then. Yeah, yeah. Guys, thank you both so so much. Cheers, lads. No problem. Appreciate it. Thanks, uh, Scott. When we do this, when everything goes back to normal, Jesse's been on the podcast. This isn't normally what we do. Will you come on? Yeah, I'll do a podcast. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks very much. Yeah, no problem. You can spill the beans. <laughs> <laughs> right. Have a good one, guys. Thanks very much. All right, and take care. Yeah. Cheers, boys. Bye. Cheers. See you. So there we go, guys. What a team that is. It's phenomenal, isn't it? There's medals in that team. Minus Marcus Rashford, but I don't know whether we established that he was actually on the bench, but... Yeah, he's on the bench. Yeah, he's on the bench. Interesting team. Did you like it, Maisie? As I said before the podcast started, the midfield and forwards. Yeah. Wow, so many permutations. And... The lads tried their best as well to get Marcus in. They did, but they didn't want to leave. Yeah, they did. They didn't want to leave Sabobi out. How many of that team did you play with, Maisie? How many players? Giggsy, Scalzi, Bex, Gaz, Wes. Yeah. Yeah, a few of them. Yeah. Class. Yeah. So, no, good team. Good team. Brilliant team. Just shows you how incredible our academy is. Considering, I mean, the thing is, the viewers and the listeners won't even see the list I don't know how many, how many is that? Probably. It's hundreds. 200? 200 odd. Yeah. 200 odd. I mean, for, like Mark Hughes, for example, Manchester United, Barcelona, back to Man United, didn't get a look in. Made no. his debut at 19, had an incredible career, and just doesn't even, doesn't get anywhere. It's phenomenal, the list of players. There was a difference there. We were aware of it. There's a difference between the, the midfielders, I think, and everybody else. Mm-hmm. In terms of the, the quality of the players is just insane. They find that hard, that bit, didn't they, to choose? Yeah. It's no offence to anybody else that's in the team. Yeah. Johnny Evans. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the dirty looks you just gave me. <laughs> hey, if looks could kill, yeah. strike was, me down. There was me praising you saying you'd be in my dream Academy <laughs> 11. <laughs> I, just, I was just waiting for the, uh, the look. Looks could kill. Okay, right. Uh, as we said at the top of the show, um, we've loved the feedback we've been getting from you, so we can read some more out now. Uh, first email is from Steve Hyerth. He said, thank you for a fantastic podcast and for all your hard work in giving United fans worldwide a look into the life and thoughts of our heroes. Just listen to Gomez and Chong, superb examples of MUFC future stars and all-around good lads. Uh, I grew up... It's Maisie's dog, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, barking in the background I grew up New Park Road near the dock gates in Old Trafford and would regularly go to games when I had saved enough pocket money I uh, have been travelling the world and sadly not been able to get to a game for 50 years but always watch the games with Paddy and Stuart on MUTV I look forward to listening to the podcast each week whilst working in my shed making wobbly chairs or wonky rocking horses Hmm. (laughs) Uh, I normally have to listen to them three or four times because I have the saw or planer going and miss bits Uh, not a chore really keep up the excellent work and thank you for bringing back so many great memories and keeping us entertained in these troubling times best wishes and Steve now lives in the Philippines thank you very much indeed Steve keep keep uh, making those wobbly chairs beautiful cool thanks Steve um, I've got another one here 
Hello, Sam, Helen and Maisie. My name is Michael Folger and I live in Ann Arbor, Michigan. You lot might be familiar with the town, having recently played here on pre-season tours, both in 2014 and in 2018. I've been a United fan for 14 years and there was nothing I loved more growing up than waking up at 6.30 in the morning to catch the early kickoffs. I spent countless mornings quietly celebrating goals and trying not to shout at the television as my brothers slept upstairs and I watched the matches. I wanted to write to you and let you know that this podcast has really been a ray of light in what can often feel like a dark period of time for me and I'm sure for many others what you are all doing keeps me feeling connected to football and to United and I cannot thank you enough for that thank you again you're all a big part of what makes this club so special cheers Michael Folger P.S. come back to Ann Arbor soon so my wife my son and I can come see United play what a lovely email thank you very much Michael it's really nice yeah thank you Michael beautiful Beautiful. Uh, Michael Moore said to all you guys at the United Podcast just wanted to write a quick email to say thanks for all the brilliant podcasts I'm from England but currently live in China so since late January when the lockdown began here I've been listening to your podcasts and enjoyed every single one of them. My wife finds it funny when every Tuesday I get excited for the new one to be uploaded the Lou McCary one really got to me I've since got my dad listening to them who is a current season ticket holder and has been a United fan for years. He used to to tell me stories of all the old United greats and listening to the podcasts of Macari and Whiteside made him chuckle. I've also got my current students listening to them so when the school reopens I'll be asking them questions. I hope it's given them something to help with their listening skill. Keep up the great work Michael Moore. Thank you very much indeed. I hope you're all okay in China as well Michael. Nice, Thank you. Yeah, I've got one from Sid Middleton, the ex-fireman. He would just like to thank myself Sam and Helen for doing fantastic work. He's uh, he's now retired, as I said, fireman, and he's loving the podcast. His favourite at the moment was a Paul Scholes one. He's just getting onto the Paul Pogba one, and he keeps texting me and I say, Maisie, when are we going to get such and such a body? And when are we going to get such and such a body? Sid, we'll get them on, mate, whenever we can, pal. But many, many thanks for your kind words. Thank you, Sid. Can I just say as well, my dad listened to the first his first ever podcast the other day. Nice. Was it ours? It was ours. Great. <laughs> right, one more. James Harris said, I'm writing to say well done and thank you for the United podcast. I've listened to the whole thing during this difficult period. I have had coronavirus moderately and spent most of this time in bed. It has been an excellent companion, bringing back a lot of magic memories. The podcast team are excellent and work well together. The David May podcast was especially brilliant. Is this you again, Maisie? (laughs) (laughs) He was an amazing player, very underrated. You're right, James. Best passer of the ball. Mm. So Alex has ever seen. Cheers, James. Cheers, Paul. Thanks again. Looking forward to future episodes, whoever they are with. All the best, James. Thank you very much indeed, James Harris, and I hope you're feeling better soon. Thanks, James. Fantastic. Genuinely, really appreciate all the comments we get and all the, the emails that you send us. We do. Um, and we love that you enjoy it because we love making them. We do. Yeah, we do. Great crack. Yeah. If you want to get in touch, you can with us at unitedpodcast.mainart.co.uk. I always spell it because it's obviously not spelt united it's utd podcast at manutd.co.uk the address is in the show notes if you need it um, a lot of people have been sending us suggestions we are working on all of those so thank you very much um, and we will keep doing this for as long as we possibly can um, so everybody has something to listen to while they're stuck indoors stay safe everyone stay safe see you soon bye